0: Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast, where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie.
1: And I'm Tammy. Welcome Welcome to to the the show.
0: Showing love and appreciation to a veteran can have a positive impact in their life as well as a positive impact on our community. In honor of Memorial Day 2022 and veterans across our great nation, Louisiana Sister Squad podcast, along with Hugs for American Veterans, presents the Bear Hug Challenge.
1: All you have to do is upload a pic showing love to our military veterans on our Telegram or tag us in an Instagram photo using the hashtag
0: VetsHug. At the end of the challenge, all photos will be submitted by us to the Hugs for American Veterans Facebook page. The entry with the best bear hug photo will win an All-American prize.
1: Contest ends May 29, 2022. Winner will be announced Memorial Day, May 30th. See our link tree for more details. Share the love. Honor a veteran. Join us. Take the bear hug challenge. Today, we have Jaune Aikens. She's from Central Florida, a registered marriage and family therapist, as well as a mentor. And today, she's going to give us tips on mental health and wellness. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me. Um, thank you, Katie and Tammy. I've done what I do. I am an outpatient therapist, and I've been an outpatient for about four months. I've been a mentor for many years, Um, therapy, I've I've gravitated towards it due to uh, a a need with the families that I've I've been, of course, in, and also have seen how, you know, therapy is is definitely important. So thanks for having me. Just knowing that you're not only, uh, I think the first thing
0: I knew about you is knowing that you're a therapist and you're on your way to getting your license and then connecting with you further um like on more of a spiritual level um it has been really interesting and great to connect with you and have have the opportunity to call you friend um after getting to know each other so much and so um, with all that said, I would just love for people to know um, more about you and some of the advice and tips you have to offer with everyday
2: mental health. Awesome, yes, Katie, it's been great to get to know you, and it's so weird of how you know nothing is a coincidence. And I was literally talking to you and asking for your advice when it comes to you know the business realm of things, and I was able to connect with you even on this part. So I, I, I really appreciate this um, opportunity. So um, when it comes to mental health, you know, it's super important as well as, you know, your physical health. When it comes to physical things, you know, you can pinpoint, oh, I broke my ankle or, you know, something's going on with my knee. and You can, you know, put what you need on there. I sit, either have surgery, but when it comes to mental health, it's, it's much trickier. So what I work with um, my clients is kind of looking at their tools, having their toolbox, and that's their coping skills of how they should, you know, help cope with their problems and traumas. So, something that we always talk about is taking time. So, time can work two ways. You can take time for yourself, you know, to do your self care. Um, you can also Allow time to help you heal because things aren't going to happen so easy and so quick. You know, you, you get go through a breakup or you have a death in the family and you're able to get through it after a day. No, it takes time. So that's one of them. Um, the next one is setting boundaries, you know, not only with others, but also with yourself. Understanding your limits. Your friend just asks you to go out and you don't really want to and you're tired and you have to go to work the next day say no. Be able to say no and be okay with it. That's super important. And then another tip that I like to work with my clients on is, you know, when it comes to your emotions, you know, those are things that we were brought on earth with. So you have to allow them, you have to welcome them. You know, there's a reason that you're having this emotion. Welcome it and then also say goodbye to it when it needs to go i especially
0: like the part about emotions i think on a day-to-day basis you know it can get exhausting and it's almost like i don't have time for my own emotions it would be good advice for somebody who's bouncing all over the place emotionally or just your advice on taking a better look at yourself uh when it comes to dealing with emotions
2: that's a good question and really good input When it comes to, you know, emotionally being all over the place, because nobody can say that they have not been emotionally all over the place. I mean, life can kick you down. It can, you know, beat you up and you can be happy one minute and then you can be sad another minute, angry another minute. So, you know, when it comes to that, you know, you have to recognize, okay stop what is going on like what am i doing like how are other people impacted by the way that i'm feeling so definitely stopping and realizing that there is an issue emotionally and then you could also just like track okay what what is making me anxious or what is making me angry okay this is what it is this so these are what we call triggers so understanding what your triggers are what is triggering me to have this emotion and and, you know using those coping skills to get you through you know those different emotions because when it comes to being happy you're not going to have any coping skills you're just going to try to keep that up Um, but we understand that happiness is based off of what is happening so i like to work with my clients on you know finding that joy you know, things could be going terribly like they are in the world right now. And it's like, you can still have joy. So can
0: you give us a little bit of insight or example for um, coping mechanisms? What would be um, a negative coping mechanism? And what would be something that you suggest as a positive coping mechanism?
2: Ooh, I can give you a book of negative ones. <laughs> Definitely when it comes to You know, alcohol, drugs, sex, you know, that can be a negative coping mechanism um, that we sometimes gravitate towards because it gives us that, that automatic, you know, change in feeling. But when it comes to positive, more positive coping mechanisms, definitely journaling, going for a walk, getting into nature, talking to a friend, reading your Bible. It can be, it can be tons of things you can do. Go for a drive. You know, if you have kids, talk to your kids, paint with them. You know, um, it's a lot of stuff that are, you know, positive, you know, coping mechanisms. Um, the one way to know if they are positive is if they are impacting you socially, occupationally, um physically, mentally, spiritually, right? If it's something that's negatively impacting those five areas, those six areas, you know, that's when it is a negative. Just in
0: general, I
2: think that
0: most people, when you can say coping mechanism, I do think of negative coping mechanisms before I would think of positive ones. Um, So just finding joy and doing The everyday things and things that are positively impacting you can categorize that as a positive coping mechanism and can help alleviate some of that stress and anxiety that you might be feeling from other areas i don't want to say something as simple but mental health you know we're at a point now where a lot of people are talking about self-care and all of these other things and it almost seems like mental health they're making it into something that's like superficial as opposed to what it's really intended to to get down to the root cause of trauma issues behavior and and correct that and get them on the path to uh, being a better human and having more of a good well-being about them but i know that you and i can talk about uh kind of just the craziness of the world for hours and hours and how, uh, you know, basically like sin and the devil and the lack of God and the breakdown of family can kind of all attribute to that. With everything that's kind of going on and we're seeing some of like the breakdown of home life and we're seeing an attack on the family unit and things like that, um, can you provide us a little insight and encouragement to the family unit, unit for anybody that might just be starting out their family, um, you know, in recent future, what would you say to offer them encouragement for their family unit and how mental health plays a part in that?
2: You know, as a therapist, something that we always see when it comes to issues with families, with marriages, with couples, with anybody, with any type of relationship, is you have to improve your communication, right? Everybody is communicating no matter what It could be nonverbal communication where, you know, you have the stonewalling going on where there isn't information being passed or, you know, you have one person talking, whatever. But the communication needs to be improved for new families, for old families, for relationships. So that's something that I would tell anyone and everyone is to improve the communication, even the communication with, you know, with kids, right? You have parents who sometimes, you know, say something and there is no, you know, reasoning behind it and the kid is just supposed to trust. No, 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 no. We're living in a different time right now. And it probably should have been like that before, you know, there needs to be some type of reasoning behind, okay, why I'm getting this punishment, you know, so that it's a teachable thing. So definitely just, just try to work on, you know, improving the communication and definitely, you know, looking at going to your spouse or going to your child and saying, hey, You know, what ways can I improve our our relationship or myself, you know, and being able to take that, that report back and say, okay, this, these are some things that I've noticed about myself as well.
0: Where to start with your approach and communication for maybe somebody that doesn't have that skill?
2: Just from, you know, some experience as well as looking at the clients that I've had, clientele I've had, the families I've had, is being able to listen right in order to communicate you have to listen you got to hear what the other person is saying you got to even you know analyze with your eyes and listen with your eyes you know when the person is talking or, or how they are communicating to you um a lot of just go off parents parents can tell when their kids are not okay the kid can say i'm okay and you know they could not be okay because you know you can see that with your eyes so listening listening with your eyes and also your ears
1: that is some great advice and I do definitely agree with you that communication on many different levels is key and someone being able to not just listen but to hear you is very important I have so many friends that are awake to what's happening with the vaccine and how the media is lying and different things like that and what i hear a lot is that their family is basically torn apart because of it and um i was just curious if you have any advice to give these people that are struggling with the family dynamic that's been caused by pretty much um, politics and mainstream media
2: Wow, it's a really good question. I haven't had to deal with um, that part when it comes to, like, the vaccine and, and families and, and people not talking to their family because of it. Um, but I have with myself, you know, being a therapist and having clientele who have gotten it. And it's like when we start to talk about, you know, occurrences going on now, and it's like, hmm, you know, I have to, I have to meet them where they are. I'm not telling anybody they need to be a therapist in their family, but just as a human, just listening, just meeting the person where they are and saying, okay, so we have this issue at hand. We know that there is a vaccine. We know that the vaccine is not good. We know that if if one said takes it, there is a po- probability that, you know, something bad can happen. Just meeting that person where they are where can we go from now? Now we know this, or if the person is oblivious to it, you know, where can I go from now? Do I want to have a relationship with this person? Um, Do I want to better my relationship with this person? Like, is it worth me even, you know, putting energy towards it to even explain all these things? So, you know, trying to meet the person where they are, trying to help the relationship where it is and and go from there because at the end of the day once you take that thing there is no going back from it right so it's like okay now that I know that or this person has a lack thereof of that knowledge you know where can we go from here good advice and I think the biggest
1: part of what's driving families apart is not just like here's the information and why don't you look at it It's the fact that like, you've been knowing me for my whole life or for 20 years. How can you not believe me? And that's actually, in my opinion, what kind of drives people apart because it's like, how can you not trust me? How can you not think I'm saying this because I love you?
0: Yeah, the broken trust would definitely um, attribute to that. and I see that that's what happens more so than just the miscommunication. I really like that you brought up the point of like evaluating the relationship before you even dive into meeting the person where they are. We, we've seen that happen over and over again where they're just refused to meet on a middle ground. It's like one party or the other or both are saying, Um, maybe even condescending things like in an undertone or in a passive aggressive manner. Um, we know that when it comes to like, uh, science, I was in a situation where I was going to a wedding. And uh, my fiance and I were actually not allowed to enter um, because of status. And so uh, he had a group of friends come out and chit chat. They were glad to see him. And when they found out why it was we weren't going in, um, they were making in a joking manner very in my opinion, rude comments about um, being anti science that we didn't understand basic science and things like that. I'm not this kind of person to be the aggressor in the situation. Like if you're saying things like that, I immediately have evaluated the situation to know that whatever I say to you is not going to matter. And it's really not worth my ent- my energy. Um, but I know that there's plenty of people that get stuck in situations like that, where the opposing side um, doesn't matter which side you're on, it can can sound so aggressive or condescending or something like that. And I think whether we're talking about today's political climate, um, the their status, or anything else, that that's really applies to a lot of situations of knowing your own boundaries of where to put your energy in? Is it worth even thinking twice about that they're saying something that makes you go, wow, you sound like a dumbass? But it takes um a little bit of energy to decide to not say, hey, you're a dumbass
2: <laughs> and
0: walk away. <laughs> and walk away, as opposed to just letting it go, because then you didn't engage it and you didn't give them a reason to rebuttal, you didn't initiate an argument, you just let what they said, fly right past you, and you're able to move forward.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when it when it comes to that, you know, we can we can go into the, you know, the other stuff, where we talk about how you know, there is this, the new say it, do it, and what the news says goes, and that goes to culture, you know, that goes to, you know, family stuff, and, you know, to be a person who is seen as, you know, a Black person, like, um, they deem me as Black, but I don't go as Black, right, I'm melanated, I'm um, a human, um, all of these things, but, you know, when it comes to my people, it's like, oh, no, don't trust the government, hey, did you get your vaccine, you know, they say it'll help you out, what? that's contradicting, you know, that, that it goes to how weak or stronger person is, basically. So
0: do you remember um, studying anything about like, uh, mind control, um, somebody that might be, you know, in an abusive uh, relationship that's being like mentally controlled, um, like more so than mental abuse, like actual mind control, aka kind of like brainwashing?
2: Ooh, we deem that as the Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) Somebody being, you know, abused all their lives, but that's probably the first time they've ever seen love. So it's like, no, my abuser is my lover. Like, although I'm black and blue everywhere, I love this person. No, 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 no. But when it comes to anything, anything else, no. But just looking at Stockholm syndrome, and I feel like a lot of people, are there and don't even know it. I agree. I
0: think that that's a, um, that's a perfect verbiage to use when you think about somebody who is in a relate an abusive relationship with mainstream media and the government, is that's what's happening. You're being abused constantly. Your rights are being taken away. You're being told what to think. You're being played with, divi- uh, what do you call it, divisive language. And that's playing a part on what's happening day to day we're part of a very large psychological warfare warfare
1: absolutely and even when like definitions don't mean the same thing that they've always meant and you know
0: yeah you have to have to in order to get a definition you have to first um, think about how does it make you feel Mm -hmm and break that down and consider how other people's feelings might be for <laughs> definitions of words, which is just, um, in my opinion, psychotic. It is, it's not for my safety, it's for your safety. <laughs> <laughs> the divisive language is definitely um, playing a part on on all of this and can be very tricky to navigate.
2: Yes, agreeable. Um... And I think the the saddest thing that you know, two things, two things, the saddest thing is that we don't recognize how feelings can change. Right. You know, feelings can change. So I could like something one day and then I cannot not like something the other day. Something can make me happy one day, but the next day can make me angry. You know, you have to just meet that feeling where it is and understand like why you're having that feeling. And then on the other side, it's like sometimes you can be ignorant towards things, and that goes back to the Stockholm Syndrome, which I never want to victim shame anyone for, you know, going through traumatic experiences and the way that they protect themselves is by saying, oh, I love this person. So I don't want to, you know, do that, but there is a, a sense of ignorance, you know, that, that takes place in that, that type of area.
0: Yeah, for sure. I want to include in this interview a little bit of encouragement and advice for somebody maybe that feels someone in their life uh, should be seeking help for mental wellness. Like maybe they, they know someone that's struggling. Can you offer us any advice or encouragement for helping someone else seek
2: mental help? When it comes to that, there's two things with that. You can either reach out to that person on a more personal level and say, hey, I noticed that you haven't been around as much. Or I I noticed that, you know, you're staying in the house more often. You know, what's going on? You can do it that way. Um, You can also actually go to that person and say, hey, you know, I'm going to go to this group because I'm struggling with this. Would you like to go with me? You know, it's two ways you can do it. You can do it in the direct approach or you can do it in the, hey, I'm having some issues. Would you come and support me as well in that realm? So you can do it in those two ways. But, you know, that's really hard to to say that because we take mental health so, I don't know if we, we don't take it lightly, but it's such a almost like a taboo thing because you don't want to be crazy, even though all of us are, you know, you don't want to be crazy. So that's what we deem mental health is. If something's wrong with you mentally, that means that you're crazy. Something's wrong with you, but we can have a broken ankle or a knee and it's, oh, let me get you some ice. And that's fine. But um, just looking at it in in that realm of approaching it it delicately. So I definitely
0: commend you for doing what you're doing. I know it's not an easy thing, and some of the cases that you've you've had and will have in the future will always put you know a certain amount of pressure and stress on you. And it's things that even therapists um, have to deal with and and take step by step, just because you're the professional doesn't mean that hearing about someone else's trauma or the things they're going through, or even when people are doing bad things, it can be very difficult to um, keep your wits about you and not get enthralled or feel disgusted or angry with someone. So I definitely commend you for doing what you're doing and I know that you're going to help a lot of people in the long term of things for sure.
1: Prior to the interview, you let us know that 18% of adults in the United States have mental illness. From a non-doctor perspective, I would have thought that it was more than that. And I just my question for you is how many of those of that 18% do you think is Genuine mental illness versus neurological problems that cause mental illness that are brought on by medications?
2: When you're looking at like an actual diagnosed mental illness, you're looking at something that has been long term. So, this person has been dealing with depression for years and nothing has helped, or this person has been experiencing hearing voices or hallucinations and nothing has helped. Or this person has had delusions and nothing has helped. So everybody, everybody on this this, this earth, flat earth, everybody on this earth have seen, have gone through some type of either sadness, depression, that's the same thing, anxiety, anger. They've gone through that because we are beings who are supposed to experience emotions. So whenever it becomes to a point where you're not able to function socially, occupationally, um, spiritually, you know, you can go on and on and on about that. When you, when you aren't able to, you know, basically be, have a functional life, that's when it's, it becomes an illness. So that 18% um, of those people who have taken medication you know, and things have gotten worse. I've seen that. I've worked also in a residential treatment facility where I've had, I saw a client who tried everything in the book and nothing worked. And it's like, okay, just get the exorcist going, you know? So I've seen that. I've seen that sometimes, you know, medications that they didn't have the right, you know, markup for it, like the, the genetics for it. So, what I've seen is that some people have to get like a genetic test to see what medication will work for them. And sometimes that's not always a hundred percent accurate. So I've seen where there has been, you know, those mess ups, even in that you have to be careful with certain medications because they can cause you to have certain things like suicidal ideation. So there's a lot of stuff you got to you gotta be careful with everything has a side effect.
0: Yeah, I agree. Even somebody who um, is on medication for something that has nothing to do with a mental illness, some of those medications can cause your brain to be off chemically balanced. Um, they can cause depression and suicidal thoughts, um, sadness, fatigue, all those other things. There's so many side effects too. Um, what it is that we're putting in our body. And I honestly think that it's not fully disclosed in the way that it should be. And people have really, you're taking medication for something that maybe could have been treated holistically, instead you get prescribed something and then wind up having these severe long-term outcomes um, when it comes to their mental health because of those prescriptions and um i don't think that that's talked about enough i mean
1: yeah i i agree the reason why i ask that is because whenever i do uh see commercials on tv and especially during the day every other commercial is for a medication and it's gotten to the point where it's like oh your finger hurts you need a medication you're happy you need a medication you're sad you need a medication but the list of side effects is astronomical. And so I often wonder, like, how many people say, Oh, well, I might have that and they go to a doctor, of course, the doctor is going to convince them that they have whatever it is sell them the medication. And then they have all these other side effects that end up on the mental illness side. And, you know, then people are seeking out mental health. But if they would just get off the medications
0: that they don't really need, They'd probably be okay. Yeah. Have you seen um, someone develop mental illness from taking a medication that had nothing, supposedly nothing to do with it?
2: Yep. Um, had a client um, who, you know, had an issue when it comes to pains. So it was prescribed pain medication. And, you know, they had to get off of the pain medication. And once they got off the pain medication, there comes the anxiety, right? But there comes the inattentiveness, right? Lack of focus, lack of concentration, because this once said drug suppressed that um, and, or ca- caused it. So, yes, I have seen people who were fine, who were taking a medication not even related to mental health, um, and develop that after taking it, or stop taking it, so, yep, I've seen that, but to piggyback off of um, what both of you are saying, is that, you know, there has been this capital T trust that we have put into the hands of professionals, you know, and it's rightfully so, because some of them, you know, they go to school for a very long time, they learn this specific thing, but, you know, we also have to do our due diligence and ask questions and also do our own research. And that's the issue, that we're not going back behind and, and pulling out that that um, information sheet, you know, and looking at all of the effects. Okay, it can hurt my liver, it can hurt this and this and that. You know, we have to start doing that, even as a professional, even as, even as a therapist. I have to look behind myself as well. Like, okay, was that the right thing? Was Did I give them all the information Um, before I'm even saying that someone should do something? So, you know, we have to start asking questions. We have to start gaining that knowledge for ourselves um, because that's important. That is going to make
1: you very successful in your career because a lot of people have caught on to how corrupt like big pharma and the healthcare system is. And a lot of people, including myself, are essentially looking for somebody to listen to them fully and be transparent about everything from what it could be to side effects from the medication and um, other options, even because not everyone can afford holistic care at all times. So if you are in the medical profession, you know, not on the holistic side of it but you can be as transparent as you can. I think a lot of people would really appreciate that. I know I would, and you go a lot further in your career. So thank you for doing exactly what you're doing.
0: Definitely. Even being honest about uh, maybe what you don't know. I think that's something that's that's lacking. When, we, when you go to the doctor for something, um, they seem, they're only sure about what they're sure about, and they don't go into the gray area because it's going to leave a window for them to have to say, I don't know about specific topic or medication or whatever it is. And when you're a professional, you don't want to be seen as somebody who's not competent, but... Like you said, that goes hand in hand with the transparency. And so if you say, I do know that there are these other avenues, I'm just not exactly sure about it. Either you need to go see this person or I'm willing to do the research to give you the answers so you can make an informed decision as opposed to um, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> yep,
2: yep. Just checking off dots, you know, looking at the symptoms. <laughs> oh, you're experiencing this, this and this. Okay, yes, this is that. Definitely. um, When it comes to me having to diagnose my clients, it is going through, okay, you know, what are the symptoms? How long have you been experiencing this? Um, uh, That's really about it. That's what we do. That's how we are able to diagnose something. Is
0: there anything that you would like our guests to know in closing?
2: To be uniquely yourself. That's what I want everybody to know. To be uniquely yourself. Because um, sometimes we can try to morph into something that we have seen or especially people, you know, celebrities try to morph into their life, their fake lives and all that. You know, just be uniquely yourself, you know, find those things in your life that you love and those people that you love and stick with them. You know, you're not going to be perfect. Right. But you can always work towards being a great person or uh, a righteous person, uh, a good person father, mother, child, you can work towards that, you know, so, you know, just be yourself, be uniquely you. Okay, awesome. Well, thank
0: you so much for your time today. The truth train doesn't stop here. Did you know that you can connect with us and our guests further? Join us
1: on the uncensored platform, Telegram, for live chats and Q&A with our guests. Hope to see you there.
0: Before you go, hit follow and share with a friend. Wake up to a new episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast every Tuesday.